Welcome to The Gathering Place, a Blessed is She podcast. We're so glad you're here. Come chat with us about Jesus, prayer, community, and life. So let's get started. Hey, Beth. Hey, Jenna. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm having a great day, a great morning. I'm feeling more at home with our normal hello. Yeah, like I can relax a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Now that we don't have the scrutiny of these podcasting experts coming in and giving us notes on our intro. Shout out, Father Mark Mary. (laughs) We miss you, Father. What's going on this morning? Why is it so great? Daily Mass is always a huge grace. Yes. I feel like the more I go to Daily Mass, Uh the better I pray the Mass. And that's kind of an unforeseen benefit. It's like we've been going to Mass our whole lives. I think I know how to pray the Mass. But going every day really shows me Wow, there's there's a lot more here. Yeah. And I I maybe haven't been able to plumb the depths, if you will. Have you figured out your favorite line in mass? Well, it changes. I had some very deep like interior prayer today. Mm-hmm. So there are times when you're like in it with the Lord. It's like feels like you've caught like the undercurrent almost. Mm. The prayers of the mass are like carrying you along. I don't know. I'm just like synced up with the Lord, you know? Probably my favorite part of the Mass is the offering. It's not necessarily the lines. I love the offering because we're meant to be participating in that part of the Mass. You know, we're meant to be giving the Lord things to put on the altar with the gifts. Mm -hmm. So today I was like Mary Poppins. I had a bag and I'm like, well, you can take this. Oh, also this. Then finally I just like imaginatively Mm -hmm. (laughs) climbed up on the altar, like just offer you all of this, all of me. Yeah. Yeah. I especially love the offertory. Maybe not a line, but do you have a favorite part of Mass? I have least favorite parts. Tell me. I think the sign of peace is weird. Well, we've stopped doing that. I know. It's still weird. People still doing the... Only the people on YouTube can appreciate that. Yeah, it's a lot. I stand stoic. I probably look like the least... Least hospitable person. You're the person who gives the Catholics the bad name with the hospitality. Oh, for sure. I'm not lifting my hands. I'm not bunny ears. Some people do the peace sign and then they wave with the peace sign. Not into it. (laughs) If you do it, listener, that's okay. You know, it's sweet when other people do it. I'm just not going to do it. (laughs) That's what I'm trying to say. Well, I love that you are having this special time with the Lord Mass. Because I do think it's so beautiful when you're in a, a sort of routine whether in prayer or in mass or doing a favorite devotion, I think the Lord can do so much yeah. with us when we're kind of staying in a sort of routine. I think oftentimes I like want something new and fresh to like light me up. Totally. And I'm realizing more and more that the routine and the consistency is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. There's so much depth there. Yes. As opposed to just like, fluttering along, hopping to the next thing and the next thing. Yeah, there's something in us, I think, that that we think more Mm -hmm. is better. New is better. Well, more quantity. Correct. But there is more quality. For sure. I mean, I love that word you use, depth. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah, but there is something to staying with things. I've been really drawn to these places in scripture that talk about staying with, abiding with, 
And they're kind of all over. When people encountered Jesus, they like begged him to stay or begged him to let them stay with him. So either Jesus, stay with us here in our Samaritan village, or let me stay with you. Let me go with you. I think that's a natural response to encountering Jesus is to stay there. It is sort of counterintuitive then Mm. that we encounter him and then we want to move on to something new. The natural response is to stay with him, to stay in it. The only one I could think of right now is the Gerasene demoniac. Was there someone else you were thinking of? Yeah, well, the Samaritan woman. Okay, she asks him to stay? In John 4. Well, she goes and gets all of the people. And then basically the whole village asks him to stay. Got it. And he does. He stays there. On the road to Emmaus, when they've been walking and he's opening the scriptures to them, Mm -hmm. this is in Luke 24, he's unpacking the mystery of scripture and really the mystery of Christ's death. They don't know that he's been raised yet. In his presence, this like wisdom and love and power that they sense Mm. from Christ, even though they don't recognize him, they ask him, stay with us. And he does. And he celebrates the mass. He breaks the bread and that's when he's made known to them. But again, they ask him, stay with us. Mm -hmm. And then Jesus himself asks the disciples at the Last Supper in John 15, abide with me, stay with me, remain with me. It's good. Yeah, there's something to staying with. I think there are larger like cultural implications too. Some of that we've just been trained to like move on and move quickly and consume. We need more information, more opinions, more sources instead of just sitting with, I don't know, sitting with the one thing. Yeah. I feel like people are like that even with like books. Yeah. They're like, I'm going to read 30 books in 30 days. Okay, well, yes. When people tell me how many books they read in a year, I'm like, really? I'm just not a reader. So I'm like, wow, that's intense. I used to be a reader, actually. But anyway. Okay, I think I am a reader. Yeah. I like to read, but I have to love what I'm reading in mm-hmm. order to like really read. Yeah. Other stuff, I'm like, still making my way. There's something to the word being eternal, right? And having eternal implications, mm-hmm. no matter when you read it. At what point in your life you read it. Whereas a book, I do do think it's just like, oh, this is a good book. So I'm like, I'm going to keep consuming it until I'm done with it. So I think there's a difference there, but it's just funny. It reminded me of it. I think another word that comes to mind as we're talking about staying with things, whether it's a book or even like a moment, a good conversation, a connection with a friend. Yes. Another way of thinking about that is just to savor it to like fully receive it. And that's something I've really struggled with in prayer. I'll have this beautiful encounter with the Lord. I'll feel his presence. He'll say something deeply consoling. It's hard to say exactly what all is at work in that moment. Maybe I get a little embarrassed or I don't quite believe it. And so I kind of keep it at an arm's length or I move on to the next thing rather than really fully receiving it and letting it put down deep roots in me so that I believe it, Mm. you know? Yes. Instead, the next time I go to prayer, I'm like, can you tell me that you love me again? But I didn't stay with it the first time he said it. Not that he won't continue to say it again and again and again, but I wonder if staying with it looks like saying to the Lord, I feel that, I want to believe that, I'm reading it in your word so I know it's true, I don't believe it, Mm. or I haven't seen the evidence. You know like staying with it sometimes means going through the unpleasant 
emotions or like the resistance that we have to that beautiful thing so that it can go deep. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's bringing the Lord, hey, this still doesn't sit right. Yeah. Can you go even deeper into my heart so that it finally gets in there and yeah. like sits? Yeah. But we can only do that if we tell him like what you're saying. Mm. Say, you know, I don't understand this or this is hard for me to accept. I just think of him as like a, when you're giving like numbing medicine in the hospital, Ooh. you like put a syringe in okay. and you like numb the area. And then you have to keep going deeper with the syringe if you need to numb like a deeper part of something. So you like keep going deeper with the syringe and not that the Lord's numbing us, but that he's like injecting truth into us deeper and deeper. He's putting more of himself, offering more of himself to us if only we accept it. Yeah. If only we ask him, I want you to go deeper. I want more. Again, more quality. I want more depth. Well, sometimes I find myself praying and saying to the Lord, it's shocking to me how deep this woundedness goes, how deep the longing is. Like, when am I going to be satisfied with the love that you are so generously giving me? It still hurts. It still doesn't feel true after all these years, after all of these beautiful encounters. I think sometimes we don't allow the healing or the love or the presence. We don't spend the time with the Lord long enough to let him go as deep as the wound itself. Yes. That's like planted itself in us. Mm -hmm. Well, I think oftentimes we don't even know it's there. Yeah, that's true. Things happen in our lives. Circumstances happen that shine a light on something that we possibly didn't even know existed. And the Lord is in that too. Well, isn't that the way the enemy is too? Like something will happen and we think, oh, that wasn't that big a deal. Mm. Right? So we don't even acknowledge how painful it was or how deep it went. And we just kind of try to pick ourselves up and brush ourselves off and move on. And we don't acknowledge that it happened at all or, or what it really meant. Yeah, I can't help but think about Lazarus and Jesus and how Jesus didn't just shrug off that Lazarus was dead. Mm -hmm. He didn't just say, it's fine, guys. I mean, ultimately, it was fine and yeah. he did raise him from the dead. But Jesus entered into that pain himself. He shows us what grief looks like mm -hmm. and that the Father is in that. Yeah, He even goes on to say, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me. Like that's what the Lord is. The Lord is in it with us. Yeah. He will go deeper and deeper with us. He doesn't want us to shrug past all of our pain, all of the little things even that irritate us or mm -hmm. bother us. God wants to redeem that. He wants to get into all of that with us, cleanse our hearts, purify us, make us new. But it starts with us opening up to him. I don't want to get too far away from what you're talking about with, with Lazarus, because I think it's so good. And shockingly, I have more to say about Lazarus. But the little things are very seldom little things. Yeah. Just last night I was praying. My favorite word to use to describe my like being last night is just like agitated. I'm yeah. just like restless, kind of irritable, a little sad, you know? I'm starting to clue into to the reality that it's really only prayer that's going to like solve that. I want to go to my phone. I want to watch something and like distract myself. I want to talk to someone, connect it, but it's only the Lord. 
I picked up my journal, sometimes it's just good to go back to what you know works. And journaling and prayer works for me. And so I just began to tell the Lord all of the little little things, you know? And I was like, oh, that's not little. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think these like specific things are too dumb or insignificant. Does that make sense? Totally. Like, why am I praying? Yeah. I'm using a lot of air quotes in this episode. Like, I don't need to pray about that thing. It's so dumb, you know? I had emailed a friend because I felt like there might be a misunderstanding there, you know? I was really, like, stressed about it. I hadn't heard back from him, and I'm just, like, wondering. Maybe I'm, like, misreading this. And anyway, so I just, like, wrote that in my journal. Like, my friend hasn't emailed me back and feeling a little insecure. Like, yes, you need to pray about that, Beth, you know? Yeah. But it seems like such a silly thing that I I didn't take it to the Lord. Anyway, it reveals like a deeper thing is ultimately what I'm trying to say. Yeah. When I take that to God, I'm like, oh, there's some like deeper insecurity there. There's like a lie I'm believing there. And really God, like as a good father, just wants to comfort me and be with me. Even this morning, as I continued to pray about that email in Mass, the Lord just like very practically said, like, well, you've, you've done your part. You reached out. I'm proud of you. So lately, my oldest is getting older. <laughs> yeah, they do that. <laughs> and it's funny. I think I've shared this before. I've never wanted to be a mom. So I like never really looked at moms. Mm. I never yeah. looked at people to see like, what is a good mom? And what does she do? And what is a beautiful Catholic family look like. Yeah. Not that I didn't have a beautiful family. I absolutely did. And I'm so grateful for them. But just to be able to look at other families and and pull what what it is you love about their their family life and how they prayed together, things like that. Anyway, she's getting older and I'm realizing more and more that when kids are little, you could like kind of walk away from them. <laughs> like someone called me on the phone the other day and So I pick up the phone and my two-year-old's in the room, but I could like walk away from the two-year-old and she wouldn't necessarily notice. She's, you know, playing with whatever she's playing with. Yeah. But now that my kids are older and like 10 and 11, you can't just walk away from these like old kids. Yeah. You know, it's like, looks like rejection. It feels like rejection Mm. when your mom's walking away from you, when you came to tell her something or wanted a hug or something like that. Anyway, so just realizing more and more the importance of not only emotional presence to them, but my physical presence to them. Wow. I just find myself really trying to posture my heart in the way that the Lord does for me to them. So when telling me how their emotions are bothering them or they don't know why they're so sad or just random things like this that I oftentimes will come to the Lord and say, "Yeah, Lord, I don't know why I feel like this. Yeah. Like, I hate that I feel like this. I don't know what to do with this. It's simply holding me and telling me, I know that stinks. Or like not even having to have an answer to it because the answer, as we say, is always his presence. Totally. And just recognizing that in my own life as a mom, as a wife, as a friend, to just be present, to hold someone when they're crying, when they don't even know why they're crying, which is what the Lord does for me, even when it feels small and petty. Yeah. I sometimes still can't believe 
I'm just still looking for an answer. I'm still looking for the right way to think about something, the right way to feel, the right thing to do. And the Lord just wants to hang out with me, which is all that I need every time. It's the positive corrective experience that I need is just to like lay my head on his chest. And he's not even saying anything. And I think when you come back to that, that connection, that heart connection, that sense of his presence, not being alone, the need for an answer does dissolve. The anxiety over what to do does minimize but it's so hard in the moment. We're just, we're problem solvers. We want to figure it out and fix it so that the pain will stop. Mm-hmm. But the Lord wants the pain to stop because we can't always figure it out or fix it. Yeah. So he just wants to be with us, as you said in John 11. Well, and ultimately, I love this from the catechism. We are utterly dependent mm-hmm. on him. Mm-hmm. We cannot solve all of the problems that we want to solve. Can I tell you something so funny? Please. The other day I was praying, it was right before I got a COVID test. I was early, you know, cause I'm like, I don't know how this goes. And right up the street, like a block away was a Catholic church. So I just sat in the parking lot outside the Eucharistic Adoration Chapel and, and pulled it up on my phone, started to bring the Lord some things, you know? And I was a little bit just like, does everybody need to come to you about all this stuff all the time? It wasn't that I was feeling needy. It was mostly like, I am just becoming painfully clear of how incapable I am of running my own life. Totally. Like, it's shocking. Yes. It's embarrassing, almost. (laughs) I'm being totally serious. How weak I am. And this is not like pretty, flowery, Catholic, like my poverty, No, I am like a basket case in my own life. Totally. And I'm still kind of trying to undo this belief that I should be maturing in faith and more together and more firm and confident. No, I am more (laughs) needy and messy and weak than ever before. So anyway, I pulled the Lord up on the screen and I was telling him something and I just was like, does everybody have to come to you? Like, why do I have to need you so badly? You know, can't I just handle some of this stuff? Isn't there anything I can handle on my own? Like, (laughs) and I just said, I think most people are doing their life and they're doing just fine. Lord. They don't need to pull you up on a cell phone in a parking lot 20 minutes after they just had prayer time. Do you know what I mean? You're thinking this sounds like, oh my gosh, she's so... No, it's the opposite. <laughs> I am a total wreck. So I'm, I'm telling the Lord, other people are doing just fine, you know? <laughs> right. And he literally said to me in my heart, are they? <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe they're not. We're all a mess. It's so delighted me. Made me laugh so hard, obviously. Are they? I don't know. It seems like it. It seems like other people aren't as like wounded or weak or emotional, you know? Well, some people aren't just like you, but we are all a mess in yes. our own ways. Yes. You okay. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You have your own individual mess. Everyone has their own don't individual I? mess. Yeah. 
Okay, I really do genuinely want to come back to John 11. Yeah. Because I think John 11 is a gold mine. Yes. It's such a mystery to me. I have so many strong feelings about John 11, even after many holy hours. <laughs> we talked about this with Father Mark Mary, and I was kind of playing it cool, but I'm like really still angry, and I don't understand why he let Lazarus die. Even when he got there, he didn't rush in as the women are coming to him, weeping, distraught, desolate. If you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. He doesn't say, oh, it's okay. I Well, I'm here now, and I'm going to... I'm going to bring him back to life. Like, get everybody out here. It's so nonsensical to me that he would come and grieve when he knows he's going to raise Lazarus. Mm. I don't understand it. I don't understand the kindness. I don't understand the patience of God. Oh, I was just listening to this spontaneous worship song. And she said, you submitted yourself to growth. And I've, I've been thinking and praying just about probably coming out of Advent, Jesus as an infant, Jesus as a toddler. The whole world is just waiting for the Savior to grow up. But the salvation was happening in his toddler years. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm I'm waiting for Lazarus to be raised. But my salvation is in Jesus weeping with me. Wow. It's coming out of this conditioning that we have for everything to be okay, for everything to be figured out and fixed all of the time, including us, including our mess. He didn't only live to die. He lived to show us how to live yes, and to live our life with us. It wasn't all like just a hanging on to accomplish God's will on the cross. Our salvation unfolded as he grew. Isn't that wild? Mm-hmm. It's just so compassionate of God. Because our salvation unfolds. We are saved when we receive Jesus. I was just reading in this book that Father Parks recommended. I was reading about Catholic salvation. Okay. And the author was saying there are really three parts to Catholic salvation. Like if you were ever to be asked by a Protestant, are you born again? Are you saved? Uh The Catholic response is, I am saved. I am being saved. And I hope to be saved. Isn't that incredible. Yeah. We were saved by what Jesus did on the cross, by him bringing us into his family and and being baptized into his church. I am being saved. St. Paul talks about we work out our salvation in fear and trembling. And I hope at the end of my life, on the last day, that I will be saved. It's not a one and done. The same way the purpose of the life of Jesus wasn't only realized on the cross. It's the same for us. Our salvation is realized when we're saved, as we're being saved throughout our lives, and on the day that we hope to be saved. Yeah. Jenna, I'm curious. Can I ask? Yeah. I always want to make this practical. Yeah. And more than that, I always want this to be personal. Sure. I wonder, is there anything that you feel like the Lord is asking you to stay with, whether it's in prayer or in your life? Mm. Well, I just did a talk for our members, Bless Issue members. Yeah. It was horrible. It wasn't, friend. I was there. <laughs> no, I mean on the inside. I you yeah, know. No, I do. Believe me, I know. <laughs> but the feedback's been so sweet. These sweet little people just so grateful. The members are the you, best. You guys are so encouraging. I can't even tell you how much it means to me. 
but I pulled a ton of catechism references. I just referred to one of them. We love the catechism. Love it. One of the lines that I really loved was, with creation, God does not abandon his creatures to themselves. He not only gives them being in existence, but also, and at every moment, upholds and sustains them in being, enables them to act and brings them to their final end. Recognizing this utter dependence with respect to the creator is a source of wisdom and freedom, of joy and confidence. That's like me in the parking lot. Recognizing this utter dependence with respect to the creator should be a source of wisdom and freedom, of joy and confidence. And it is. We had a good laugh about it. Yeah. I love that. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Anyway, I just love, because I think there's just so many balls in the air all of the time. And I cannot manage them all. Yes. And I am utterly dependent on Mm. my creator to sustain me, to tell me, and for me to discern what his will is for my life, which will bring wisdom Mm. and freedom, joy and confidence. Yes. And I want to live my life like that. Utterly dependent. Isn't that so good? Wow. So practically, how did, how is that going for you? Or what what does that mean? So what I've been doing is in the morning, I have uh, written down like my to-do list for the day, which I never have done in my life because I'm obsessed with task lists on phones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I have started using the mini blessed sheet planner. I saw that. I I'm saw it on your desk today. I was like, okay. Yeah. It's the best. First of all, I like that you can see what saints are there for the day. So then I can ask for their intercession at the beginning of my day. Yeah. Like, how cool is that? Yeah. I don't know. I just think that's cool. Anyway, so I write down all my to-dos and I have a section for work and a section for family, which is really beautiful. Mm. And then to be able to say, Lord, like, what is it that you want for this day? Because these are all the things I feel like I need to get done, but I'm offering it to you because I am utterly (laughs) dependent on you for me to not just manage my day, but live my day with a sense of freedom and joy and love. So I need that wisdom, which will bring confidence. I mean, wow, I'm into it. Everything you need to know is in catechism paragraph 301. Seriously, it might be my like new life thing. I'm kind of obsessed with it. I think we should be that obsessed with the catechism. That's true. It's that incredible. (laughs) What about you, Beth? Wow. Well, I had something in our show notes. I had something I said I was going to stay with, but it came up last night and it came up again this morning in prayer. So I think that might be the thing the Lord wants me to stay with. Stay with me here. (laughs) I think the Lord is asking me to remember that he's God. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) Sounds sounds simple. (laughs) I'll give you a painful example of this. I was just telling the Lord this morning how much I love him. I love the church. I just love this life. And I'm like going deeper and deeper and deeper with him. And sometimes, I mean this like with all humility, sometimes it's hard because not everybody is following that path. And so it feels like the things that are the most important to me, the things that are the most life-giving, I end up feeling really lonely to not have someone to share those things with. So naturally, (laughs) I was praying about my vocation. And I was basically telling the Lord that 
it's just hard for me to imagine someone else like on this same trajectory, a single guy in his late 30s, early 40s, you know? And I just said to the Lord, I just don't know anybody like that. He's like, oh, Mm -hmm. you don't know anyone like that? (laughs) Like, okay, I'm God and I know people, you know? It it wasn't even words like that. You know, I'm being kind of silly, but it was almost just the Lord reminding me, like, you don't have to know anyone. I know someone, you know? Yeah. I don't know. There was just a, a moment last night in prayer where I was bringing something to him. And I think I was just thanking God for the ways that he's saved me, provided for me in the past. And there was something about this word savior. And I just felt like from the heart of God, like, let me do it. Let Mm. me save you. Let me be who I am and be your savior. In this silly thing that you think is little, let me remember that I'm God and let me do it. He's so familiar sometimes, you know, the intimacy and the closeness is so special that sometimes I think I forget (laughs) that he has like, you know, all of the resources Mm. and he's eternal and almighty and things like that. Cause he's just my best friend. Practically not sure how that looks, but apparently he knows someone. So there's that confidence we're talking about. (laughs) There it is. Utter dependence. Amen. Let's pray for that. Let's do it. Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your love. God, we don't even know what that word means. We don't even know what your love feels like, what it can be to us. So would you give us the grace now to receive your love, to receive you as you are, to remember who you are and how much you love us. God, I pray that we would become more and more utterly dependent upon you, not focusing on our weakness, our inability, but remembering who you are, how big you are, how good you are, remembering your limitless resources and your steadfast faithfulness. We love you and we trust you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Petey. Thank you, Jenna. Jenna, this was our last podcast episode of the season. That's insane. We didn't start with that. No, we should have let the people know sooner for sure. Even as I was praying, I was like, was this the right last episode? Yeah. There's always so much more to say, but... Utter dependence. <laughs> yeah. What else is there to say? Right. That's true. That's true. But we're not done hanging out with you. No. Never. We're never satisfied never. with the amount of time we get with all of you. So we're going to do a little round of hashtag... B-A-S-B-B-S. Starting February 3rd, we're going to read St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians. It's only six chapters. So we're going to start on a Wednesday. We're going to end on a Wednesday. You can do this. I can't wait. You get a weekend to catch up. Three chapters one week, three chapters the next. Boom. We're going to be over on the old IG. And the YouTube. Oh, we're going to be on YouTube. And live. And we're going to be live. You can actually just watch it on our website. This is incredible. Blessedisshe.net, B-A-S-B-B-S. I'll make a page right now. (laughs) You have to because you just said that. (laughs) Can't wait. See you then. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. (laughs)